The Zone Sports Network is taking you to the movies. This is the Movie Zone on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Welcome back. Another week down, another week of movies hitting you in the face right now. More like the ears as you're listening to the radio. It is the Movie Zone. I'm Austin Horton here with Johnny Lightfoot. You've been good, buddy. How's things going? Dude, things are groovy, man. As you, always. You saw a new movie. I did. I took the time. I have I I'm an Apple supporter and I like Apple and I have Communist. Apple Plus and I watched Tom Hanks Greyhound. So Initially, that sounds like it's about a bus, a, a trip on a bus somewhere. <laughs> is that accurate? Well, it's about a trip. <laughs> yeah. Is it? It's, it's a, a trip? It's a trip. So it's basically, it's a World War II movie about the Navy. And uh, to get the plane, or the boats over there, they obviously had to sail across, right? So, uh, right, that's how it works. <laughs> right, so there's a certain area where it's a convoy of 37 ships going across to uh, over to, to England, right? Okay. The Greyhound is the leader and one of the major defense and offensive attacks against the German U-boats. And there's a 50-hour window where they have no air support from either side, either from the English side or from the American side, to help support and help take out subs. So this is where the Greyhound and two other boats take over and try to defend their convoy of 37 across the ocean. Is this, is this the, 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 what is it called, the, the Atlantic Battle, the Battle of the Atlantic? That is correct. Very good. The longest yes. naval battle in war history? Very good, Austin. So yes, that's right. what this movie is? Okay. That's what this is. And it's really good. It's Tom Hanks. He does a great job. And uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, it's intense. It's really intense. You're like, what's going to happen, right? But not giving it away, I, I kind of walked away a little like, eh, it just ended. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I expected a little bit more out of it. But that being said, I still think it's cool. I thought it was a great movie. And I think it's worth seeing because of the history of this. Directed by Aaron Schneider, the only movie I've ever seen that Aaron Schneider directed was Simon Birch. Oh, yeah. Okay. I haven't seen Kiss the Girls. Okay. Uh, I hear that's not a feel-good movie. Nope. I don't uh, think so either. But so he's he's not well known to me. No, no, he's not he's not super well known, but the the cinematography looked great. Obviously there's a lot of CGI cuz they really weren't on the Atlantic with all these massive ships, but it took me a long time to realize I was watching CGI. Okay. You know what I mean? So that's good news. Yeah, you like you look at it and go, "Wow, that looks really good." Oh yeah, that they're in a studio. Unlike that Midway movie last that, year, that was horrible. <laughs> that the, the CGI I could have done better with my iMac. <laughs> Probably so. <laughs> All right, so Greyhound, you'd recommend it? I would recommend it. I would. I would uh, definitely check it out. If you have Apple Plus, it's free, mm-hmm. which is really cool. And uh, well, it, not free. That's a subscription, isn't it? Well, yeah, but if, you know, <laughs> if, what I'm saying is, though, you don't have to purchase it. Like, you know, even if you have iTunes, you still have to rent a movie for three ninety nine or buy it for ten million dollars. <laughs> this is free. You just click on it and it starts. It's really good. Tom Hanks. It's actually uh, a Tom Hanks production as well, so it's part of Playtone. Okay. And uh, I was I was impressed with it. I was just a little like let down at the end. That's all. Well, uh, I love Tom Hanks. You know that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's rare to find someone that doesn't like Tom Hanks. Uh, And so I'll I'll, I'll watch it when I can. I don't have Apple Play. 
So I won't be seeing it until it's on something else. Well, that's all right, but it's good. It really is good. It's good. Let's just leave it there. It's good. All Did right. I mention it's good? You mentioned it's good, Yeah, and the ending <laughs> was not uh, what you expected, and therefore you were let down a little. Well, and let me, let me I got to kind of expand on that a little bit. I mean, well, I can't expand on it because it would give it away. So I just got to leave it there. Let's just leave it there. It, just, it ended before you thought it was going to end. It ended before I thought it was going to end. Yes. Uh, are you a fan of X-Men? I am, man. I so, like them. I have I liked the first one. So, now, okay, well, hold on. Are we talking the early 2000 X-Men's or the first class X-Men's? Were they younger or were they and, older? And therein is my big problem with X-Men. Are we talking Patrick Stewart as Professor X? I don't know. I really don't know. Well, you've got to clarify, man. I, I, that's the one I liked. Yes. I, I don't need 76 of them. And this is my problem with them, too. Yes. But uh, surprising to a lot of people was the news that you remember Jean Grey. Yeah, of course. Uh, what was the name of the yeah. Fatima uh, something or other that played Jean Grey? Sophie? No. no what's her name? Oh, are you talking the original? So we're going. See, yeah, this is yeah, the confusion. Yeah, yeah. The the good ones. The, the <laughs> early, early ones. What is her name? I swear her name is Fatima. Let's see. Jean Grey, played by. Uh, There's going to be two. Who played. Are you kidding me? Who played Jean Grey? No, you're right. Faminko. Fa- Fa- it's Fam- Famka. Famka Janssen. Janssen. Yeah. And then Sophie Famke Turner. Famka Janssen. Okay. Yes. No, yeah, I'm talking about Famke Janssen. Yes. She was the wife in uh, Taken. Correct. Okay, so that was a long way to get for this. Man, I know. Originally, she was not going to play that character. Is that right? Do you know who originally was hired to be that character and then later backed out of it? Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, close. Okay, who? Charlize Theron. Really? Was going to play Jean Grey. Wow. And she backed out uh, due to other opportunities that came her way. That's really interesting. That that could be kind of cool. But I agree with you. And this is why I'm so glad that Marvel is taking back X-Men and Fox will no longer have a whole lot to do with them. Marvel follows a timeline. Like, X-Men, X2, The Last Stand, great. They were great because they kind of followed the timeline. Then all of a sudden they jumped back in time, and then they had the new X-Men, last, uh, First Class, Days of Future Past, what is it, Apocalypse, and uh, the, uh, the latest one, what is it, uh, the Phoenix one. Anyway. Dark Phoenix? Dark Phoenix, thank you. But they also incorporated the old X-Men in with the new X-Men, and you have no idea what time frame it is. And like we just went through, which X-Men are you talking about? (laughs) I'm glad that Marvel's going to fix this. Well, Charlize is in direct contradicting, or is contradicting this report because she says she's never been offered a Marvel role. Well, it's not a Marvel role. It's a Fox role. That That is, it's a Marvel role. It's X-Men, that's Marvel Comics. Yes, but it was released by Fox. But it's a Marvel role. Yes, but it was still Fox. Tricky, tricky. It is tricky, man. <laughs> I don't know about this stuff. They've got to they gotta fix it, man. Do you agree? It's like the Fantastic Four. They ruined the Fantastic Four movies. Uh, yeah, I've never seen more than 10 minutes of any of them. Exactly. Because it's terrible. They made two of them with... <laughs> this is where it gets really confusing. They made two of them with the guy who played Captain America... He was in those, and then all of a sudden they stopped Chris, making those. Chris, Chris Pine? Evans. Chris Evans? Chris yeah. Evans. And then he also becomes yeah, Captain Pine America. Chris Pine is Steve Rogers. Right. Yeah. Wait. No. 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 Uh, no. Ah, no he's name? Star Trek. Uh, no, but he's in uh, Wonder Woman. Yes. What's yes, his he is. name? Not Steve Rogers. It's, it's Steve. It's Steve Rogers, yes. 
No, what's, no, Steve Rogers is Captain America. Okay, what's the what's his name in Wonder Woman? Steve. No, no, what is it? <laughs> ah, anyway, that's gonna drive me crazy. Uh, are you a fan of? Uh, do you want to build a snowman? From Frozen? Yes. yes. Frozen. <laughs> Frozen. Uh, Steve Trevor. Rosen, Steve, Steve Trevor. Trevor. See, there you go. Uh, well, do you want to build a snowman? Was it originally not going to be included in the movie? Really? Josh Gad recently uh, told, let's see, who did he tell this to? Uh, he sat down with People TV's Couch Surfing and shared an interesting tidbit. Uh, apparently, the first test screenings for Frozen were a mess. And songwriters Robert Lopez and Kristen Anderson Lopez sought to remedy this with a moment where we really see the girls' affection for each other early on. That was what led to the creation of Do You Want to Build a Snowman? And Gad said, I left it there being like, I think we hit the mark after showing the song to his wife. So because of bad test screenings, the Lopez husband and wife duo that wrote the songs, Mm -hmm. and then Gad's wife's approval, Do You Want to Build a Snowman, made its way into Frozen. I think it was the right choice. It's, it's it's the most annoying song. Yeah, but it's really really fun too. But it's still a fun fun moment in there, for sure. Right, our bikes around the halls. Okay, anyway, <laughs> what do you got? Sing it, sing it, buddy, no, sing it. Come not, on, I can't. One, two, three. I've been singing Hamilton nonstop. Yeah, man. I, have you watched it a few times? No, oh, every day. Yeah, it's on constantly at my it's, house. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's, I'm actually starting to understand what they're singing now, the and, words. Uh, in fact, well, you know, before we're rapping, I should say. Before we move on from Hamilton, do you know uh, Davy Diggs, who plays Lafayette and Jefferson? Yeah. He wanted Tony for yep. that performance. Yeah. Lin-Manuel Miranda is in charge of the live-action version of The Little Mermaid. Okay. Which is good news, because uh-huh. it will be terrific. Uh-huh. And he has hired Davy Diggs to play, any guesses? Uh, Ariel. No. No? Any Flounder? good guesses? Flounder? No. Sebastian. I was going to be my next one. He is going to knock it out of the park. He will, actually. He'll be terrific. That'll be good. Sebastian. That'll be good. Well, since we're kind of talking musicals a little bit, Grease fan still? No? Uh, no? You're not, you're not there? Nope. No? It's fine. Yeah? No, it's good music, terrible show. Well, fans like myself <laughs> who love Grease, I don't know how you're going to feel about this, but Grease is going to have a prequel. That's right. We are looking at, and it's, it's been announced for a year, but things took a step forward because they just recently hired a director for it. Uh-huh. And the director is Brett Haley. Who? I love him. Anyway, or this her. is a, this, this I it's, sure, I don't know. That's why I said who. This movie is going to take place of uh, Sandy and Danny's love in the summer. Before they went back to school, oh, that's what yucky. it's going. That's what it's rumored to take place, and it's got a working title right now. Can you guess? Can you guess? Come on, uh, 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 greasy summer loving. Oh, that's stupid. You know the song in there that they talk about when they're singing together. They're teenagers. Yeah, this is not appropriate. We don't need a movie about that. It's G-rated, man. Come no, on. come to blah. No? Pshaw. <laughs> you don't think? It shouldn't be. Well, funny enough, it's <laughs> going to be Olivia and John Travolta. How? I'm just kidding. Oh, you <laughs> That's what I've, The only thing that comes to mind when they do a prequel without the originals is, like, Dumb and Dumber, <laughs> whatever it was. Yeah. You know, the one where it wasn't uh, Jim Carrey? Uh-huh. That's what comes to mind. Well, movies that uh, are getting more into their chapters that I like... 
include Mission Impossible, who's coming out with a Mission Impossible 7. Teen. No, 7. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson is reprising her role. Cool. Uh, and recently, she posted to Instagram a picture of her learning and training on a big A machine-scoped sniper-type rifle gun. Ooh. <laughs> I don't even know what type of gun this is. That sounds kind of wild. But uh, a company called Bear Arms who is hired by most of Hollywood's action films to train <laughs> and teach actors and directors proper use of firearms so that they look authentic in the movies, uh, posted with her on her official Rebecca Ferguson Instagram. And along that was a, an announcement that production is set to begin in September in uh, Venice, Italy, but they're not sure if the pandemic will allow that to happen at this point. Do we have a name? Is there a working title for it yet? Uh, I don't know what the working title is. Mission Impossible 7, I would assume, okay. is just the working title. Now, my other question is, Bear Arms, is it B-E-A-R? No. B-A-R-E Arms. B-A-R-E. I like the first one. <laughs> Bear Arms. <laughs> uh, and they'll they'll also immediately start Mission Impossible 8 of as soon as they, they stop they filming will. Mission Impossible 7. Yeah, it's getting a little crazy, isn't it? It's getting crazy, but I love it. Do you think it's because Tom Cruise can't do anything else now? Yep, and I think he's fine with it. Hey, I'm sure he. And gets, I'm fine with it. He's well, a he's a lunatic. As long he's as it's great. As long as it's better than the Mummy. <laughs> it has to be. This we could just sit here like this for five silent seconds, and that's more worthy of your time. Than we the just mummy. won more awards than the Mummy did, <laughs> and we avoided the silent off-air alarm. That's right. We kept it up five seconds. That's right. Uh, you were excited about Tenet. I am excited about Tenet, but you said you had some uh, not-so-good news? It was supposed to come out. I know. Last Friday. Yeah, and it didn't. It didn't. Uh, it's also previously been moved to July 31st, and then slotted to August 12th, but now it's been taken off Warner Brothers' calendar completely with no release date planned. What? Yep. No release date? Do you know what that possibly means? It's not coming out, or we're uh, still farther away from brand new movies. I think we're getting closer to it coming out immediately. On digital? Via purchase, yes. Yeah, you know, I think you might be right there. It's... I don't Stupid want this to, COVID. I don't want this to be the future. I get they want to get their money now, but come on, guys. We're going to movies. We're seeing a bunch of old movies right now, and it's great. Yeah. And it's working. So 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 put a new one in and just put the restrictions on it. <laughs> so, but I think that that's a sign that we might be headed for the first part of August. You might see this thing on a streaming service of some kind. See, I don't know if I. I I mean, I don't like it. That was slated to be like a blockbuster. You know. Yep. It was. It's Chris Nolan, who obviously did the Batman Begins trilogy Invincible, stuff. Invincible or not Invincible, but uh, 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 Inception. Inception, mm -hmm. right? And it's supposed to kind of be similar to that with the kind of crazy, what would you call? It? I guess CGI car tricks and all that yeah. filming stuff. But yeah. this this is not good news. Yep. Not good news. It's good news if you don't go to the movies, but if you don't go to the movies, why are you listening to this show? <laughs> okay. Well, because we want you to listen to this show. Uh, I've got just one more bit of somewhat movie news. Okay. How's that drink? Is it good? It's, it's refreshing. <laughs> uh, you are a Star Wars fan. I'm a Star Wars nut. I assume you have a lot of collectibles at home. I do. Do you have action figures? I do. I have the originals from when I was a kid. The Hasbros? Yes. 
Have you I, ever watched that uh, documentary on how that came to be? The Toys That Made yeah, Us? Yeah. Yes. Oh, it's so good. Isn't that awesome? Uh, well, you can get your money saved up now because Hasbro's iconic Black Series line is coming out with a brand new, never-before-made action figure from Empire Strikes Back. Ooh, my favorite. It is officially a six-inch scale Hoth Wampa figure. Wow. Featuring 1980s Kenner-inspired package design. Uh, the figure will be available exclusively on Hasbro Pulse in U.S. and Canada in September of this year. It will let fans relive the memorable opening sequence on Ice Planet Hoth for Episode 5 of the Skywalker Saga. Okay, I, I've got to kind of rebuttal here for a second. Okay. <clears throat> I have a Wampa figure. What? I have a Wampa figure. I still, I'll bring him next is time to show you. Is it a six-inch scale? Yeah, it's about, yeah. Well, then what, so what are they talking about here? It, it wasn't sold separately. It came in a Hoth set. Uh-huh. But it was not individually packaged, you know, like you could buy Luke or Leia back then. But it came in, and it's, it's a Wampa. It's the white abdominal snowman. Let's, yeah. You know? Uh, yep. And, uh, yeah, so ter- $29.99 coming okay. in September. You gonna fork over thirty bucks for that? Probably. Uh, you can also fans and collectors are being offered a clean Wampa design by removing the bloody mouth de- deco featured on the previous version released. So this one does not have a bloody mouth. Oh. So that's the difference. So it won't scare the kids. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, in, in other Star Wars news, really quickly, okay. um, Build a Bear has finally released. The child. You can build a child. Oh, really? Yes, you can finally buy him. It's limited. You can get him online right now. The micro machine version of Yoda? Yep. Okay. Yep. You can have a soft, lovable, fuzzy build a Yoda bear. Did you see all those people that were making their own and Disney was going around individually shutting them off? (laughs) Yes. And buying up all the supplies so that people couldn't get the right color yarn and such? Yeah, I would have loved to have got a cease and desist from Disney. (laughs) That would have been cool. Would you have ceased and desisted? I would have framed that thing and put it on the wall with what I made. Absolutely. <laughs> I think that would have been cool. But this is actually, it's really cute and, f- and cuddly, and it's going to be great for the kids. There's a couple versions of uh, the child out there right now that you can buy, but they have like a plastic head, and they're not very cuddly and mm-hmm. cuddable. This is going to be full-on Build-A-Bear style. You can put the heart in it, the whole thing. We, uh, we have a Build-A-Bear, one Build-A-Bear, because it, we wanted to also own a home. Yeah. So we couldn't afford more than one Build-A-Bear. True. Uh, but uh, that might be one we might have to look into getting. It's pretty cool. You grab it on buildabear.com. It's available right now. Oh. And you can uh, have your very own child or baby Yoda or whatever you want to call him. And so here's where you and I differ as men. You have forked over the deposit for the Bronco. Yep. And I'm about to fork over a deposit for the child Build-A-Bear. Well, I'm going to too. So we'll oh, have, we're gonna we'll have that. Uh, I already have a child. I have the plastic head one. Oh, you do. I left him in the box, and my son's like, "Can we take him out of the box?" I'm like, no. That's your college tuition, son. But uh, so I've got to get him one that he can destroy. Well, coming up next, uh, there you go. That's movie news and rumors for this week. Coming up next, our friend Savannah Osler will be back on the show. Local filmmaker, local actress. She's got a new project that she wants to share with you and for you to share in her or share with her. I should say, well, I can't talk today. You're all right, man. You want to share with her how, how, how you can get involved. We'll talk with her next. And then coming up in segment three from the archives, which is fastly becoming my favorite 
segment here on the Movie Zone. Last week, we talked about Doc Hollywood. We did. Did you did you by chance watch it? Ha- I haven't, okay. uh, but I've seen Cars. Okay, well, the same you've movie. seen the movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but today, we're going back to one of my absolute favorite movies of all time. Yeah. Let's leave it there. And it started a, a, a Hollywood romance for all time. It did. That is still going to this day. It did. Talk about it in segment three. Savannah Osler coming up next, though, right here on the Movie Zone. You're locked on to the Movie Zone on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Welcome back. Segment two here on the Movie Zone this week. Austin Horton, Johnny Lightfoot with you. Johnny, soundtrack of the week. Go ahead and tell the peeps. It's Overboard. Not the remake. Nope. But the current version. No, sorry. No, 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 wait, 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 I'm wrong. Punch you. (laughs) It's the 1987, the good version of Overboard. (laughs) The only version as far as I'm concerned. And this is one of my favorite songs from the movie when they're dancing in the bar. Jim Dandy to the rescue. (laughs) It's good music. It's a good song, man. And coming up in segment three, we'll go from the archives with a little look into Overboard. Little known facts and factoids about Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn in Overboard, 1987. All right, there you go. So we'll talk about that in segment three. But right now, welcoming back to the show, our good friend Savannah Osler. She's a, she's an artist, really. She's an actor, a director, a choreographer. She's a, a music a musician, I should say. We had her last time on when she had her movie Twice the Dream that was a, pretty much a, a, a biopic about her life. And Savannah is back to tell us about her latest project. Savannah, welcome back to the Movie Zone. I hope life is treating you well. All right. Hey, thank <laughs> you so much for having me. Now, awesome. last time we had you on, you were Savannah Osler, period. And you've <laughs> since had some change in your life, haven't you? Yeah, Savannah Osler Diallo. Uh, I married an Italian. <laughs> You married an Italian? Nice. I bet the cooking is awesome, yes? Oh, he cooks way better than I do. Oh, man. <laughs> that's, he has to, or it's, he's not a, an authentic Italian. That's right. I bet it's amazing, though. I'm, I'm hungry right now thinking about that. Yeah, what time is dinner tonight? We'll be over. I know, right? Maybe around 7. He, like, makes pizza from scratch. I don't know how he does it, but it's, like, amazing. We'll be there. Save two <laughs> extra plates. Perfect. So tell us about uh, the how. To, first of all, twice the dream. How was that received? How did that go? Was it success, as successful as you had hoped it would be? Honestly, it was. It, it kind of like took uh, a life of its own. We were just so thrilled by the audience responses. I still get like um, some emails and um, Instagram instant messages from. And they're usually, you know, between the ages of like 14 and like 22. And it's like so cool. That's like our target demographic. Um, because the whole reason I became a filmmaker was to inspire other dreamers, uh, especially young people. You know, since I, I started writing the first film in junior high school, I just think it's so important to kind of plant that seed early in 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 kids and teenagers and, and just say, you know what, like 
if you have a dream, you need to go for it. It's it's going to be tough. It's not going to be smooth sailing. But if you are passionate about it and this is what you want to do with your life, then anything is possible. And um, I think that really uh, touched people. And it touched me um, knowing that, you know, it, it, they're they're so inspired by that so we premiered the first film in utah theaters in utah and then we started getting offers in arizona and california idaho even nashville and florida um to play our movie so it, it kind of was like a a cinderella story in its own right and now it's you can pick up a copy of the first film at deseret bookstores that's great. Um, it's also on Amazon, video on demand. It's on Tubi, all that fun stuff. Well, that's, that's really cool. Now, Savannah, now f- forgive me, this may have been asked before, and I just want to know, is some of this, you being a musician, these movies obviously being about musicians, is any of it taken from your real life? Oh, totally. Yeah, it totally is. That's a great question. It's kind of like an autobiography. I, I started writing like lyrics when I was like 13 so same 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 age I I think like 13 14 that's when I started really getting the writing and acting and music bug and ever since so all the songs um of the first film I wrote I wrote all the lyrics and uh I was working with an amazing composer Christopher Escalante that arranged the music because I I can't arrange worth anything but I love <laughs> writing lyrics. Sure. Now I'm a I'm a musician myself so I, I I find this really interesting. But what do you enjoy more? Did you enjoy making the movies or did you enjoy making music and music for the movies in this case I guess as well? Oh my gosh, that's a great question. I don't know. I love both. I think my number one passion is making movies and making music for these movies. If I had to, it's tough. I mean, making the music for the movies might even be my number one passion. Sure. I don't don't know. It's it's a really tough. It's tough. I I understand because it's both both creative, you know, And, and being a musician, I get where you're coming from. You put so much passion into the songs and into the lyrics and, and write for the scene, but then the flip side, you're making this awesome movie. So it's right. it's it's hard to choose, right? Yeah, that, that's kind of why, because I knew I wanted to make movies, but I also have this passion about being a musician. So I said, well, why don't I just combine, you know, combine the world, make a musically driven film, and boom, that's that's my passion. <laughs> so, so those that uh, enjoyed and saw twice, uh, twice—I'm oh, sorry, twice the dream. No, what twice am I? The dream. Yeah, twice the dream. You're yeah. now—you've got a sequel that you're hoping to make, and it's a yeah, Kickstarter right? staff pick, and you're really close to being yeah. fully funded. Tell us about Twice Upon a Song and how we can help. Oh, you're awesome, awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So the film's called Twice Upon a Song. And we decided because of the audience responses and, you know, the kind of life that the first film um, took off, I decided, you know what, the characters' journeys are not over. So 
I wrote the script and literally since I know the characters like they're like they feel like family to me at this point I I finished the first script in like a week like the first draft I mean it's definitely changed and gone through rewrites um and we have the same cast it stars Monica Moore Smith um it also we're also bringing on Nathan Osmond which is really cool um the country singer and Allison Arngrim, the actress from the Little House of the Pra Little House of the on the Prairie. Yes. Hmm. She played Nellie Olson, the the girl we love to hate. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so we we kinda like it it's just be become this whirlwind and I've been working on packaging it and, you know, we invested a little bit, you know, ourselves our production company what we could to develop the sequel this far but we realize you know we still we still need help in order to you know step up you know production value and everything we want to do for for this film it's even more ambitious than the first mm. so we started a kickstarter campaign the goal is to raise 50,000 we're just over 45,000 right now we have three days to go on Kickstarter and um, so we can use any help. We can use help in getting the word out. We can use help. You know, all, all of our backers get some really cool perks. Like um, we're basically pre-selling the digital movie and the soundtrack and we're also um, giving away some actual props from the movie and even producer credits for the higher up perks. So we're really excited about that. Well, yeah, as you mentioned, you are, you are very, very close to your goal. And I think with the help of our listeners, if they definitely enjoyed the first movie, they can contribute to help make the second movie. And I think you can make this goal. You are so close to it. We're so close, right? Yeah. And what's really cool about this film, although like it's technically a sequel, it also works as a standalone film like um some people have read or they didn't have a chance to see twice the dream or read twice the dream they just read the script and they're like i love this like mm -hmm. um it's so it, it it'll make sense even if you didn't watch the first one obviously you know if you watch the first one you kind of like are used to the characters more and there's more easter eggs but i wanted to write it in a way where you know, it kind of would make sense. Kind of like a Marvel movie, right? Sure. So, yeah. um... Just yeah. continues just on. The timeline continues on. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I like that you've got the opportunity for someone like myself who still wishes that that Hollywood actor dream were alive. I can donate a certain amount of money to your show, and I can be in a movie. I, I can have a close-up in yeah. Twice Upon a Song, and then I can... I don't have to tell everyone I bought my way into it. I can just say, yep, they handpicked me because they thought I was handsome. And you exactly, are. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And you are. You're a handsome, oh, good-looking well. dude, you know? Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. 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 Oh, I totally agree. I'll give you 10 minutes to stop talking about me in that way. Yes. Well, Savannah, uh, we find it on Kickstarter, Twice Upon a Song, or do you have a website? What can we do? Yeah, you can you can find it on Kickstarter, Twice Upon a Song, or it's just twice upon a song dot com. 
And uh, I think we're even on the Kickstarter homepage now as a home stretch. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's labeled here as a Kickstarter staff pick as yeah, well. For sure. So yes. they, they believe in it. We believe in it. Get on, donate uh, $10 or more, and get uh, this Kickstarter funded, and we'll see you twice upon a song yeah. in a theater near you in the near future. Right, Savannah? Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't be till next year. <laughs> well, it has to be. We're, we're gonna, we're gonna. All we're gonna do next year is we're all gonna be allowed to just quit our jobs, mm. keep our benefits and paychecks, but then just go to the movies all day every day. I like to that. make up for 2020. That's I the. I love that idea. Yeah. <laughs> I, have, I haven't seen a movie in so long. I'm having major withdrawals. We'll make it. Wear, wear a mask, everybody, and we'll get there. That's right. We'll get we'll there get together. We'll get there. We'll get there. Hey, Savannah, good to have you back on the show. Holler anytime, will you? Oh, will do. Thank you so much, Austin, and so nice to meet you, Johnny. Same. Thanks so much for hanging out with us for a few minutes. <laughs> Talk to you later. Thanks, Savannah. <laughs> Bye, guys. That's our friend Savannah Osler Diallo. Check her song, yeah. or her song, her, her movie, her Twice movie. Upon a Song, uh, out on Kickstarter. If you didn't see uh, Twice the Dream the first time around, it's worth it. Go, like you said, you go pick it up at Desert Book. Yep. Watch it with the whole family and have a good night in uh, watching the movies and then get on Kickstarter and help her fund this second go. And and as I mentioned, she's really close to this, really close to reaching her goal, and she could definitely use some help. So if you're a fan of the first one and want to see more of it, you've got just a few days left to help donate, to help get to her goal, and she's got some great, what would you call it, prizes? Rewards. Rewards. That's what they're yes. Rewards if you do. As Austin said, you could even be in the film. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks to Savannah there for some time. Coming up next, we get into the time machine and go back into the archives of the movies here at the Movie Zone. Yeah. Talking about one of our favorites. Love this movie. We'll talk about Overboard with uh, uh, Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. Coming up next here on the Movie Zone. You're locked on to the Movie Zone on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Final segment this week here on the Movie Zone soundtrack of the week from Overboard. No, not the terrible Anna Ferris one. No. The original. The original one. Uh, starring Goldie Hawn. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. On and on and on. Edward Herman and everyone else you've May never heard. May he rest peacefully, yep. Ed Herman. Yep. Uh, and that is our subject for From the Archives this week. Johnny Lightfoot with some fun facts and news about the original Overboard. What year did 1989? 1987. Okay. Overboard was in 1987. And we're going to kind of do a little bit of comparison to the newer version as well versus the old one. The newer newer version, uh, Anna Faris, and I can never pronounce his name right, Eugenio Drabiz. Sure. Sure. (laughs) So anyway, Overboard, 1987, made a worldwide... Gross of twenty six million. That's it, huh? That's it. Starring Goldie Hawn, Kurt Russell, and Edward Herman, who we just mentioned. Directed by Gary Marshall. May he rest in peace. Nineteen thirty four to two thousand sixteen. Now you may be wondering where have I heard that name Gary Marshall before? Well, okay. <laughs> you, do you have a guess? Gary Marshall is, we just talked about him a few weeks ago we from did. A League of Their Own. That's right. He is also Penny Marshall's brother. Mm-hmm. And he's also the creator of Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley, 
Mork and Mindy. Yeah. You know, just some small TV shows. He is a genius, or was a genius. May he rest peacefully. That's right. Yeah. That's right. By the way, $26 million in 87 is worth $59 million today. So, yeah. Go. Yeah. He also uh, was a writer and producer of Never Been Kissed. Yeah, pretty, I don't. I didn't like that. Movie. Pretty Woman. He had something to do with. Love that movie. And of course, A League of Their Own, which he helped write and was in, as well as one of the actors. That's right. Yep. So, um, let's start here with the 2018 no, version. No, let's not. No, let's do. Ugh. So on it's so bad on Rotten Tomatoes, the 1987 version had a 42 percent for critics. And a 74% for fans. The heck is wrong with the critics? That great movie. The 2018 had a 24% with critics and a 54% with fans. Mm. So I tried watching the new one. I, I really did. I gave did you it, get through the whole thing? No. Yeah. I, I gave it 15 minutes. Yes, it's and so I'm bad. And I'm not that way. I try to watch them, and I was just like, no, I can't do this. The, the original is so good. There's so many good things about it, and it's just fun. However, however, then this really, really, really makes me mad. Uh, the Anna Ferris version was considered a flop. Would you agree? Uh, yeah. It made $91 million. That's so stupid. It made $65 more million dollars than the original. See, uh, that, that's because it was... Very strategically opened in theaters at a time when there was nothing else around. Nothing else, and, and living off the, the success of its of the 1987 version of this. And some rumors around Anna Ferris's personal life at the time. Yeah. That had people going, oh, I'm going to go see her movies. That's always <laughs> what happens. Yeah, that is true. And that's why it made the money, but it did not make it because of the story. It was horrible. And the acting, the writing, the directing, it was garbage. Everything, everything the was The wardrobe, the makeup. You, yeah. yeah. I'm coming for everyone that worked on that Oh, yeah, absolutely. The security detail behind the scenes, the, the craft services. I was going to say, catering. <laughs> it was all bad. Well, as you, as you mentioned, uh, Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell yeah. have been a couple for 37 years. Now, have they officially ever been lawfully married no are you certain about that no <laughs> but the way you're looking at me no but according to uh most of the things i found they have been together for 37 years and it says never married well they there is a big time debate about that is it really i've got a really really close uh member of my family or not member he's not you know to my family close okay. to my family who worked on a hockey team that Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell's kid played on okay. in college. Okay. And at that time, they were officially really on the records lawfully wedded. Now, was it? Would it be a common law? It may be that, and Good. that's because you know neither of them believe in the institution of marriage, and that's why they've never yeah. actually gotten married. Yep. But, come but on. common it's law. It's semantics, isn't it? It is. It is. Now, um, they originally met in 1983, which was four years. Well, no, they didn't originally meet in 1983. I take that back. In I thought 19- they met on the set of this yes. movie, right? No, not this movie. No. Oh. They actually met in a 1968 movie called Family Band. Oh, I've never seen that. It's like a Disney type. They're both in it? Yeah, they're both in it. Very young. And then in 1984, they did the movie Swing Shift together, which is where they finally fell in love ah. and started dating. Of course, 1987 was Overboard is what we're talking about. And then recently, 
They and these are the movies they started together in. Recently, 2018 was the Christmas Chronicles, and 2020 the Christmas Chronicles two. So they've only really been in five movies together. Have you seen the Christmas Chronicles? I have. It's a great movie. They're actually kind of fun. Yeah. I didn't expect much from it, and I was ple- pleasantly surprised. Now, what is Kurt Russell's best role ever? With Goldie, or just in ever ever in his career. <clears throat> Because if you said Overboard, I wouldn't hate you. No, Overboard is good, but I'm probably going to have to go with The Escapes. Okay, yeah. You know, would you agree with that? Uh, I thought he did great as Herb Brooks in Miracle. Yeah. But but The Escapes probably, yeah. That's what I think of. That's his iconic roles. I think of The Escape movies, but I, I still, Overboard is right there. Well, uh, they're a great, a great example to the rest of Hollywood. All you have to do is not actually get married, and you'll stay together for forty-five years. Well, they're they are proof. They're often referred to as Hollywood's darling couple. Uh huh. And and they also prove that you can have Hollywood romances last. Well, it, what, now was she married before to Hudson? Yeah, that's where Kate came from. Uh, and Oliver. Hudson yes, is yes. her half brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I don't think his mother is Goldie Hawn. I could be wrong. On I, that. I'm not sure. They're, it's, it, they're, let's be honest. Their their family is a bit blended. But I I know that Kate uh, is very uh, approving and loving of Kurt. Yes, she grew up essentially yep. with them. Yep, he, and he's basically him a father yeah. figure. In her now life. that's who they should have put in the new version of Overboard. Kate Hudson. Was Kate Hudson. I wouldn't want to reprise my, my mother's role. She was so good in that, wasn't she? Goldie Hawn. Oh, I thought you meant Anna Ferris. Like, no, 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 no. We've established she was no. terrible. Goldie Hawn, both of them were great in this movie. <laughs> I mean, just the, the spoiled rich princess living on the yacht that she was was just perfect. And then, then from changing from Joanna into Annie, you know, with the, with the family. I thought it was great, man. I thought it was a great movie. It's a very fun movie. Now, you, you remember the kids? Of course, they were great. They were comic Which, relief, right? Whenever you've got kids in a movie, they are the make or break of the film, and they they made it. That is correct. Now, Joey Prophet, he was the youngest of all the kids, the, okay. the littlest one. He, remember, he was the one who talked in the Pee Wee Herman voice. Wasn't his name Joey in the movie? It might have been I can't actually. Yeah. Um, but he talked like this. Yeah, you talk like Pee Wee Herman. Well, that was not scripted. That was all improv <laughs> by him. I find that really interesting. He was just being a kid, huh? I think he was nervous. And he's just like, I can escape into this character with my voice. I can't do it very well, but you know. I think that's maybe why he did it. I don't know. I've never seen an explanation of that. but Well, it made it very uh, humanizing and endearing because you could see the, this, this character missing his mom. Right. And he escaped the reality of that into this right. fictional and, character. Into this character, kid. yeah. Yeah. I could, it, and... Bravo, Joey, for that age coming up with that. Probably not on purpose. Just it goofing just, around. Yeah, but it, but it worked. And the directors, uh, Gary loved it so much that he uh, he kept it in. Good move. Yeah, Smart very move. good move. Now, remember Billy in the movie? The middle kid? No, the oldest No, kid? We're, we're going oh, to Kurt. Oh, the, the, the friend, yeah. The friend who was building the uh, miniature golf with Kurt Russell, right? Right. <laughs> He's a good actor, by the way. I he like was a good guy, actor. Yeah. Well, originally that was supposed to be John Candy. Oh, now, this very rare. Well, John Candy was uh, was busy due to filming Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, which automobiles, which was also released in 1987, the same year. I'm glad he didn't forego that to play in Overboard. Right, but this is one of those weird times where I kind of go, John Candy might have been a better choice. Why? I, I, I thought, uh, what's his name? Uh, Mike Haggerty played Billy Pratt. He perfectly. did know there was nothing wrong with him. 
There was nothing wrong with him. But I could have seen the comic relief coming a little bit more from John Candy than from the other cat. Mike Haggerty? Can't you? Can't you see John Candy going to a different level? Yeah, maybe. I I think he would have stolen the... the he the gravity have. of the screen would have pulled towards him away from Kurt. You're right this, about that. This Haggerty guy played a good sidekick because he wasn't as big and as known as John Candy. You're absolutely right, and that's that's probably one of the reasons why they didn't pursue him too hard and pull him off of playing strains and offer more money. But but I still think John Candy would have done a good job. I, well, of course he would have. Yeah. I mean he's it's, he's funny. You look at him and you laugh, not because he's funny looking. He's just he's comedy. <laughs> you know. He's just he was so good. You got one more quick one, or should we call it a day? Let's call it a day on All this right. one. We pretty much kind of kind of hit it. Great movie. If you haven't seen Overboard, the original, take the time, see it, laugh. It's an hour and a half that you will thoroughly enjoy. And if you have seen it, see it again. That's right. It's good. It's a very rewatchable movie. All right, that's going to do it for the Movie Zone this week. Our thanks to Savannah Osler in the second segment. Our thanks to you for listening and tuning in each and every week. Johnny, you have a good week, friend. You too, buddy. See you later. He's Johnny Lightfoot. I'm Austin Horton. We'll be back next week on the Movie Zone.